to Casual Conversations, brought to you by Momentum Ministries, helping you to attain, maintain, and regain spiritual momentum. During November, we will honor our United States military veterans as we discuss the seven Army values. Let's join today's conversation with our guest, Toby Miranda, as he discusses these values with Pastor Scott. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on today's Casual Conversation. I am your host, Scott Wade. As Paul mentioned in the opening, uh, during the month of November, we're going to uh, have a few guests on, a few military men, to help us as we uh, recognize and honor our U.S. veterans. In particular, I've asked these uh, guests to come on to talk about the seven Army values. Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. And our guest today is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Toby Miranda, retired U.S. Army. Good morning, Colonel Miranda. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you uh, for being on with us today. Uh, I appreciate so much you doing this. Uh, How did I do on those seven values? It was great. You talked about the order. Is the order important? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I think it is. It's, It's my opinion that they were written and codified in this way because the first three, loyalty, duty, and respect, they have to do with external um, values, what you will do for others. You're loyal to the organization or to the unit. You have duty to the nation and respect for others. And then the last four are having to do with what you should do personally, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. So they're more internal character traits. Okay, so last week we had uh, our guest with us, Joe McLamb, Uh, retired colonel. Uh, He talked to us about the first two, uh, loyalty and duty. And I've asked you to do three. You're the middleman. So what three do you want to cover today? Respect, selfless service, and honor. All right. So we're just going to go in order then. That's good. Okay. I want to kind of introduce you a little bit, tell our our listeners that uh, you and I are neighbors here on Johns Island, South Carolina. And actually, you were the one that inspired me to do this. I don't know if you know that or not, but as I came home, um, I, I, I parked in the driveway. I looked across our neighbor's yard into uh, your driveway, and there was your uh, Toyota. And on the windshield was one of those uh, heat shields, uh, heat shades, whatever you call them. And it said uh, ROTC on it. And I got to thinking about Toby Miranda. <laughs> and I thought, he would be a good person to talk to, to ask him about... Um, what he does in ROTC, why in the world he, he chose to do that. And, and, then, and so you were an inspiration to me. And then as I, I went forward in the process, talking to all three of, of our veterans in active duty, that uh, we decided that together that we'd talk about the Army values. And so uh, thanks for being a, a good neighbor. We're good. Well, fun fact, we both have Toyotas. We both own the Toyotas. So. Before we uh, jump into uh, JROTC and into the Army values, why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. I was born um, in Lawton, Oklahoma, which is adjacent to Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And uh, I went through school there. Uh, my, my father was a NCO at Fort, in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. He was a field artilleryman. And so he, he, he was my inspiration. He was my hero. And I wanted to be a soldier just like him. So I... I uh, went through uh, school in uh, Lawton, Oklahoma, and I graduated from MacArthur High School in 1980. Um, I then went on to New Mexico Military Institute. I wanted to go to military school because I knew that I wanted to become an officer. And so there 
I completed two years. It was a junior college and received my commission to Air Assault and uh, Airborne and Air Assault School. I went to those adventure schools. And then I wanted to finish at another military school, four-year school at the Citadel, but they wouldn't have me because I was a lieutenant already and they didn't think I could be a plebe or what they call a knob at the Citadel at the time and uh, be a second lieutenant uh, one week in a month in the National Guard. So I decided to come back to Cameron University, a small university in Lawton, Oklahoma, and I, I, uh, I uh, majored in biology. And then after four years, they were going to force branch me quartermaster. And I really didn't want to go quartermaster. I, quartermaster is a logistic branch. I wanted to go infantry. I wanted to go to combat arms. So I said, rather than argue with the government, let me just reapply. Let me delay and then reapply. So I delayed getting my master. I get, delayed, got my master's at the Citadel and then went in. Um, and this time, instead of applying for infantry, I decided to apply for medical service corps. So medical service corps is a difficult branch to go into, but they accepted me. And so that started my career 24 years in the military. My first assignment was at Fort Bragg. And then I met my late wife, Sherry Fisher Miranda, um, in Hawaii and Fort Sam Houston, Texas. Hawaii was our first duty station. And we have three kids. Um, one was Two were in the military. They have since uh, uh, were uh, discharged, honorably discharged out, and now they're living in various places in the United States. So I did 24 years in the military and 16 years in ROTC, and uh, we're talking about these Army values and the term leadership. Um, I teach my kids that, you know, you learn leadership spelled L-D-R-S-H-I-P because it's easy to memorize, and one of my jobs as an instructor or teacher teachers to make things easy for them. So I'm glad we're talking about that. But that's what I did in the military for 28 years and uh, 24 years and then uh, ROTC for 16 years. I taught in Rochester, New York, and uh, I taught here in Charleston, South Carolina um, at Burke High School. An honor. All right. What surprised you the most about being an instructor in high school? Well, surprises. Uh, I'm always surprised at the young kids when they enter JROTC as, uh, as early as ninth grade and the progression that they have. Um, sometimes it's not the one that's uh, the, the quickest to finish their work or that are consistent in completing the work or the A and B students that does do very well. You know, kids mature. And to see them go from ninth grade um, where they take JROTC because maybe they're still wondering what they're going to do later on. And by 11th to 12th grade, they... They, they think they know what they want to do, but they really don't. Um, but to see them go on to the military and, and see the success. And uh, it's, it's like every occupation. To see someone following your footsteps and being able to tell them, you know, you could do this because this is how I started. I wasn't an A student. You can do this. And they progress and you see them go on in college. In fact, uh, just recently, I had uh, seen one of my students that graduated three years from the JROTC in, in New York. I was up there visiting and I saw him on campus and it was just a, a meeting, a haphazard meeting. I mean, I was eating dinner, I saw him across, I saw him first and then his eyes met mine and he ran over and hugged me and it was, it was just a beautiful thing to see him and how successful he had become um, after being in inner city schools, going to an inner city school, uh, not having a lot of resources, he was able to achieve that. That was that was wonderful. So uh, I'm getting a, a little vibe from you that, um, uh, contrary to what we might see on the media, when we have we have a generation of young people today that 
can bring us some hope? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They're they're um, young young kids are just wanting those opportunities. One thing that I've learned is that teachers and instructors at schools they want to give those opportunities because some of them lack a lot of resources. And JROTC, Army JROTC in particular, gives them those opportunities and those resources. And so these kids, um, they latch on to the curriculum and they have fun in the program as well. And so uh, yeah, many of them go on to do great things. And it's, it's, it's an inspiration for me to see that. Well, thank you for investing in the lives of young people. I mean, you, you were in, you did your time, and you could have sat down and said, okay, I'm done. But instead... You said, no, there's a generation following me that I want to, I want to invest in. So Absolutely. Thanks, thanks Using that. one of uh, the leadership values, it was an honor. Toby, why don't you just get started? I think you're okay. going gonna to start with LDR. Lead, respect. Respect. Respect, <laughs> okay. yes. Well, um, respect is uh, the, an Army value that... Uh, I tell my high school students that respect is more than, you know, hearing somebody getting into a fighter because they called you a name. It's, it's more than that. In the military, we respect um, each other. Um, we have to salute rank. Uh, a lot of times it's that external thing that we have to salute. Um, but there's been a lot, of, a lot of officers and a lot of soldiers that I have not liked throughout my career. So we respect that rank by saluting or um, they salute you. And then you get to know them as a person. You find out that uh, there's more to just their external appearance and their external rank. So respect means getting to know those people and respecting the dignity of that person, their nationality, where they came from, etc. Um, one of the uh, best experiences I had in the military, I grew up in Oklahoma. But I very seldom saw Native Americans. And when I did, I just saw them um, uh, there exter externally. You know, I, you could tell that they were Native American, but uh, you didn't get to know them as a person. Um, in the military, we were forced to wear our name tags. And so I, uh, it, was, it was pretty cool one uh, year when uh, I had... Uh, seen a couple of soldiers with names such as Soaring Eagle and even Sitting Bull as their last name. I was like, wow, this is cool. It's a cool last name. So I got to know them um, because of that opportunity in the Army. We have so many different uh, people that enlist and uh, from so many walks of life that it's, uh, it's, it's a blessing to see those things and how those, uh, those people are different in many ways and the different uh, um, the different things that different nationalities have done. My, my, my parents were from Puerto Rico, and they were part of the Borinquineers um, in Korea, um, which means Puerto Rican soldier. And uh, that getting to know people and their background and what they contribute is important. So that's having that respect that we have with the Army values. And they got, the Army gave me that opportunity to work with all those different, different people. So you, you start out with respect for rank, What's the next one? The next one is going to be selfless service. And uh, selfless service is uh, defined as the um, uh, refers to a person's willingness to put welfare of the nation before his or her own uh, needs and, uh, and wants. And I, I try to explain it by going beyond personal rewards and decorations. Um, several years ago when I was deployed to the field uh, in a field operation, I had some soldiers who had been in a foxhole and we were getting ready to do an ambush. 
um, it was bitterly cold out in the field. And one of my uh, privates in the foxhole with another soldier, his feet were uh, killing him. I mean, it was, it would, he had frostbite. And uh, I told the sergeant to take off his boots, and this, this, the private is the one with suffering from him, and take his feet and gently put them under the armpits of his arms. And at first he kind of hesitated, <laughs> but that I explained to him a little bit about selfless service and what it means. And that was a good example. You know, he was what looking for the needs of that soldier and he did it. And it ended up that he didn't have serious frostbite because he, um, that sergeant helped him. And so that was a significant display of yeah, that, selfless service. You know, we read about how Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. Mm. He, Selfless service. He humbled himself to serve them. And the sergeant uh, was a modern-day parable of doing that very thing, washing the feet of this private, and making sure that uh, he, he could survive without frostbite. That's, that's a good story. Was, it was a remarkable act. And then, of course, a story I've told many times. But as a young lieutenant, you're, you're looking at ways to help. And at that point, I, there's nothing I could do except wait for the ambulance or wait for a medevac to come, except tell the sergeant to do that and mm -hmm. he did and it was, it was a wonderful thing so that that's an example of selfless service and the and the the next one would would be honor honor encompasses all the army values but particularly because i i attended a military school it has a strong place in my life and so whenever i entered a new organization as the chief or as the department head or as the boss of a hospital laboratory as I was in medical service, I would always uh, put a philosophy paper out because some of the employees that I had were far off. They were in distance uh, from me in the laboratory. So I sent out a letter so they can get to know me a little bit. And I would explain honor in that letter. Um, and so I give that to my students as an example of how they can take one of those values and have that as their most important value. The one value that, you know, if everything else is lost, they're going to stand on that one value. And that's, that's my favorite value is honor. Well, what is honor? Well, honor encompasses all the values. But specifically, honor is, evolves around what they call, as a cadet, um, a cadet does not lie, cheat, or steal, or tolerate those who do. And so um, in that phrase, that cadet honor code, you see that uh, lying, cheating, and stealing are obviously um, things that will be dishonorable. Toleration is something that uh, we, we have to uphold honor by if we see something that is dishonorable to do something about it. And in military schools, you know, they have honor courts and honor codes um, with corps cadets uh, that uh, try to, or they should instill that honor code. Another story having to do with honor is uh, being able to borrow somebody, somebody's uh, um, uh, equipment. There was a story of a, a cadet had a dentist appointment and he entered his car. He didn't have enough gas in his car. So he didn't know what to do and he didn't have enough money. So he pulled his car up to his roommate's car because what they agreed on is, you know, what's mine is yours and yours is mine for the four years we'll be here at the military school. So he siphoned gas out of his buddy's car into his. And uh, then the next day, 
people saw him doing this, he had to report into the commandant's office and they said, hey, we saw, they saw you out there siphoning gas, what's the deal? And he said, well, I had a dentist appointment and my roommate's car was right there and so I took some gas. That's not stealing if he's my roommate. We said that what's his is mine and what's mine is his, you know? And that's a high standard of honor that brought him to honor court because he didn't ask to take that gas. So honor in many ways in military school is, is, is a very high standard, but um, there are no white lives at military colleges, but there's, there, it should be easy to enforce. So that's the honor code. I'm also reminded because the honor, honor encompasses all the values, especially in today, today, last three years or so, people come up and they say, um, thank you for your service. Thank you for service. We appreciate you, Army. You know, they're, they're thanking me over and over again. And my daughter, who uh, in the last three years, she enlisted in the military. She didn't know quite how to answer people when they asked her that. Um, she fumbled around saying thank you or um, she used other words of, you know, just to acknowledge their, their thanks. And then I said, you know, let's try this. Just say it's an honor. And she said, Dad, that is, that's perfect. <laughs> and so now whenever someone asks her, you know, thank you for the ser her service and said, thank you for the service, she'll say, it's an honor. And that's it. That's all she needs to say. So that tells you the significance of honor and, and how in the military, in the army, with the, the seven army values, how important army uh, honor is. And, uh, and one of the things that I've, I've learned also in discussing the uh, term honor is uh, in a book called Honor Bright by uh, Lewis Sorley. He's a West Point graduate, and his book talks about honor and the honor system through West Point, but it applies to all military schools. And what he said was, if you're trying to determine if an action is honorable or dishonorable, you should, you should ask these three questions. The first question is, does this action attempt to deceive anyone or allow anyone to be deceived? If the answer is yes, then it would be an honor violation. The next litmus test to determine whether something was honorable or dishonorable would be, does the action gain or allow the gain of a privilege or advantage to which I or someone else would not otherwise be entitled? And then the third one is, would I be unsatisfied by the outcome if I were on the receiving end of this action? I love the way that he put these into words because then I can take every action and look at it and before taking uh, the situation to an honor court to, or to a higher level, I can kind of exercise this, um, these words or this litmus test and determine whether it is lying, cheating, or stealing. The other thing he does is he talks about church and how it was compulsory in early years. And then because of different issues um, in society, now it's more volunteer. Cadets can volunteer to go rather than being forced to go. And he said that has lost a significant value when, in terms of honor. Attending church, understanding those virtues, those values are being lost because they no longer have to go to church if they don't want to. And when I was, I was fortunate because when I was at New Mexico Military Institute, we were 
forced to go to Sunday. We had a, we had a formation. We had to be in that formation. And we marched to the church. And when we were in church, we stayed and we listened. But that was all a part of understanding what honor was about and some of these other values. But particular to me, because honor is my most important, I see it in church. And I learned those things when I uh, when I attended, it was it was it was great, and we lost that. We we lo- we're losing more of that, and I, I think it's a shame. Honor is something that, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a humble thing, and all that because it encompasses all the our values. Honor can be one of the most difficult to dissect. Hopefully, we done. I've done a little bit better job here. Um, I was waiting for a book like this my whole life uh-huh. to look at saying, okay, what is really honor and what is dishonorable? What is right or wrong? But it's interesting for a person that hungered for the, the true meaning of, of honor and being able to test that, that value in different circumstances, how that has been presented um, with these three um, questions that you may need to ask about honor. Toby, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on uh, Casual Conversations with us today. Before we go, I'm going to, uh, to say a prayer for our active duty and for our veterans as well. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for, first of all, Jesus Christ, the greatest warrior ever, who came and stormed the gates of hell itself to rescue us from the dominion of sin and darkness and death. And Lord, I thank you as a, a person who is so blessed to be an American. I thank you for our military men and women who live lives of self-sacrifice and honor, who show respect. I thank you, Lord, that they have kept us safe. And I pray, God, that you would bless our soldiers and sailors. I pray that you would help them as they serve. And also our veterans, Lord. They do face uh, unique challenges as veterans. And I pray that they would feel your presence and, and know your peace. Thank you again that uh, you have allowed us, first and foremost, to be uh, covered by the blood of Jesus, but also, Lord, to be covered uh, with the protection of our military. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much thank for you. service. Thank I appreciate you being here uh, on the podcast today and even more for your service in in the U.S. Army. Thank you. It's an honor, Scott. Thank Thank you. Well, that's it for today. And I want you to to join us uh, next week. We're going to be interviewing active duty uh, U.S. Army Chaplain Lieutenant Colonel Will Horton. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening in on today's Casual Conversation. We hope that you have been encouraged and that you will share this podcast with others. And please remember to thank a veteran today. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.